And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry man. Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, I'll present the conclusion to The Aldridge Family, starring Ezra Stone from 1948. Then Dick Kalmar stars as criminal-turned-amateur detective Boston Blackie from 1947. With me, as always, is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? What's up, Carl? Hey, how's it going? Great. How you doing? Good to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, last time, we began listening to The Aldridge Family from 1948, October 21st to be exact. It's called Babysitting or Movies. It stars Ezra Stone. Here's the conclusion now to The Aldridge Family. Well, that's a nice voice, Stevie. Just sit there. Hello? Hello, operator. I'm ringing your number. Well, could you please hurry? I don't think Stevie's too happy here on the couch. Oh, sir. Stevie, the baby. He wouldn't let me leave his room, so I had to bring him in here while I made the call. I'll ring your party again. Thanks. Nice, Stevie. You're doing fine. Hey, don't pull the fringe off that pillow. Colony Theater, Mr. Harris, the manager speaking. Uh, Mr. Harris, this is Henry Aldridge. Henry, I'm busy taking tickets. What is it? Mr. Harris, what time does your last show start? Nine-five. As soon as that? That's right. Mr. Harris, how do you feel about children? I like them. Gee, that's swell. Although they're awfully messy at Saturday matinees. Yeah. Well, look, how would you feel if a gentleman was to bring one tonight, provided he was accompanied by a very reliable young lady named Kathleen Anderson? Tonight? How old is this child? Well, gee, he must be at least as old as six. Years? Months. Months? Goodbye, Henry. But, Mr. Harris, wait. Kathleen is anxious to see Walter Pridgen grow up to be his own fu- his own son. Where does that happen? Well, right in your own theater. You don't say. Yeah, and she's waiting for me to pick her right up this very minute. What's that, Mrs. Adams? Just drop your tickets in the box. Henry, I have to hang up. Goodbye. But, Mr. Harris... Well, gee whiz. Hey, Henry. Homer, is that you? Sure, my mother said you phoned and said something about a movie. I'll say I did. Homer, you've got to help me out. I'd be glad to. You will, boy. What's playing? What? Aren't you inviting me to the movies? No, Homer. What I want you to do is save my life and make 25 cents an hour at the same time. That sounds like a nice arrangement. What do I have to do? Sit. That's all? Sure. And keep an occasional eye on Stevie over there. That baby? Sure. Will you do it? I'm sorry, Hen, but I have to think of the 440. What 440? That I'm running in our first indoor track meet tomorrow. You're running in a track meet? But what's so incredible about that? I'm on the team. Homer, you're water boy. Not anymore. Toby Smith broke his ankle, and then Butch Welch failed his English exam, and... The coach said the fates were against him anyway and put me in. So I feel it's my duty to get all the sleep I can. But, Homer, you were willing to go to the movies. Henry, the movies are where I sleep best. 
I know, only you... Henry, I've never run as far as 440 yards in my life. I'll need all my strength. But what am I going to do about Kathleen Anderson and Walter Pigeon? Well, why don't you take a run down to the Havens and get one of the other kids to sit for you? You mean you'll stay here with a baby while I do? Why? Homer, you're a real pal. But, Henry, I'm no good at taking care of babies. That's the beautiful part, Homer. Stevie practically takes care of himself. So long. Well, gee whiz. Coochie-coo, Stevie. Coochie-coo. Look at Uncle Homer. Oh, boy. Don't cry, Stevie. Don't cry. Here, play with my tie. You like that? That's an... Now, wait a minute, Stevie. Let go of my nose. Don't you let go. Oh, boy. Stevie, my nose is nothing to play with. Look, how about a dog? Look at the funny face, Stevie. Boy. Stevie, would you like some music? Would you like me to play the player piano? Will you just wait while Uncle Homer sits down? You'll hear the pretty music. invited Kathleen to the movies tonight and then learned that Mr. Aldrich had volunteered Henry's services as a babysitter. Now both Henry and his parents are trying desperately to dig up a substitute. The scene opens at Aunt Harriet's house. It is later that evening. Well, come in, Sam. Hello, Harriet. Uh, Sam, you didn't have to rush over for me. I was just leaving. Yes. Well, the reason I came, Harriet... The reason I came... Sam, you're perspiring. Yes, I know. Harriet, when I phoned you tonight, uh, you thought I meant bridge. What I actually phoned about was Henry. Henry? Your nephew. Henry? He's playing with us? No, uh, that is, we're not playing at all. Uh, that is, you're not. Uh, that is... Yes, Sam? Well... You mean you don't want me to play bridge? No. Uh, that is, yes. Uh, that is, it isn't that we don't want you, Harriet. That's quite all right, Sam. I understand. Now, Harriet, don't get insulted. I'm not insulted. I can take criticism, Sam. No matter how wrong it is. Harriet. Here's the deck of cards, Sam. Now, deal them out and just show me what's wrong with the way I play bridge. Really, Harriet. Sam Aldrich, deal. <laughs> Henry, please stand to one side of the lobby. You're blocking the theater entrance. But, Mr. Harris... No, Henry, I won't run the newsreel over twice, and that's final. But I haven't been able to find anyone to replace Homer. How will I ever get Kathleen here on time? I'm sorry, Henry, but I've had a hard day, too. Sure, First, but... First, my ticket taker got sick. Then the porter doesn't show up, and I have to vacuum the lobby myself. And then to top everything, the popcorn machine started throwing popcorn all over the plate. Well, look, could you tell me what time the earthquake starts? Earthquake? There's one do? Sure. It's the way the picture opens. Oh. And right in the middle of it, Walter Pigeon dies for the first time. Wouldn't you know it? The first time in six years we've had an earthquake and I can't even get into my own theater to see it. Uh, I'll be darned. There's Willie. Excuse me. I'd be glad to. Ouch. Gee whiz. What now? Who hit me in the neck with this piece of popcorn? Well, I'll be... I thought I had that machine fixed. Willie! Hiya, Willie.
the old timer. Sorry, Henry. Willie, how would you like to save my life? Well, that all depends. I promised Kathleen I'd take her to the movies tonight, see? And now I've got to sit with this baby. Well, in that case, I'd be glad to save your life. You would, Willie? How much? Oh, gee, I couldn't think of charging you. You wouldn't? You know, Willie, you're a changed man since you fell off that diving board this summer. Well, gee whiz, why should I charge you for taking Kathleen to the movies? Kathleen? Willie, what I want you to do is sit with the Ferguson baby. Oh, in that case, it's 50 cents an hour. 50? Henry, I do a professional job of babysitting. What do you mean? Well, I've got all kinds of things to keep my clients quiet. I've got bells, I've got a toy dog that barks, and if all that doesn't shut them up, I've also got a hammer. Willie. A rubber one for them to bang on their crib with. Well, okay, I'm in no position to argue. Fifty cents. It's a deal. Shake. 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 And while I'm picking up my equipment, you can pick up Doris Townsend. What for? I've got a date with her, and I might as well combine business with pleasure. Well, Willie, I have to pick up Kathleen. Well, why not tell her to meet you here at the theater? I guess I could do that. Sure, then you, after you've phoned Kathleen and picked up Doris, you can swing around by the Havens and pick me up a quart of ice cream. What? Tutti Fruity. But, Willie... Henry, I'm bending over backwards to do you a favor. But, gee whiz, I didn't even ask you if they've got a television set. <laughs> the tenth time I played that role. Stevie? Oh, boy, thank goodness. <laughs> Come to me, my melancholy baby. Cuddle up and don't feel blue. Goodness, Sam, this is much more fun than Casino, isn't it? Now, let's see. You bid Mr. Ferguson and you bid Mrs. Ferguson and my partner bid. Right, Sam? So I say one heart. Oh, no, I can't, can I? Mr. Ferguson said two clubs. In that case, I say two spades. No, two diamonds. No? Sam, is it against the rules for you to lean over and look at my hand? <laughs> Here's your ice cream, Henry, a quart of Tutti Frutti. Thanks, Mr. DeHaven. Boy, I wonder what's keeping Doris Townsend. I phoned her nearly ten minutes ago and told her to meet me here. Henry! Hello there, Kathleen. Oh, gee whiz. Henry, I waited for you for nearly fifteen minutes in front of the colony. Do you realize the second show's already started? Gee, Kathleen, are you sure? Positive. Let's go, let's go. But, Kathleen, I, I, I can't go yet. What? Why not? Well, you see, it's like this. Henry, I demand to know why you're standing me up this time. Kathleen, you're backing me right into the hot water bottles. Henry! Yes, Mr. DeHaven? Doris Townsend just phoned and said she won't be meeting you here. Oh! She and Willie are going to the movie. The movies? But Willie's supposed to be sitting with the baby. So Doris Townsend's the reason you're standing me up. What? Now, wait a minute, Kathleen. In connection with Doris, could I explain one thing? Don't bother. I... It's perfectly clear. Good night, Henry Aldrich. Whoops. Homer Brown, don't you ever look where you're going? Kathleen! Okay, put up your dukes, Henry. Put up your dukes. Homer, what are you doing here? Boy, my legs are just one big Charlie horse. But, Homer... I had to pump my way through melancholy baby 12 times. Homer, listen. I won't even be able to walk for 140 yards, much less... 
last run. But, Homer, if you're not with Stevie and Willie's not with Stevie, who is? Else I will be melancholy too. There you are, Stevie. How was that? Is that you, Mrs. Ferguson? Gee whiz, Father, are you the babysitter? Yes, Henry. Well, what about your bridge game? Henry, your Aunt Harriet came over to play bridge, and, well, since I got you into this, I felt it was my duty to get you out. But where's Willie? Why didn't he... I sent him away. You did? Gee whiz, Father, I promised him 50 cents an hour. You know Willie, he'll sue. No, he won't. I've already settled out of court. Why uh, aren't you and Kathleen at the movies? Oh, I don't know, Father. All of a sudden, Walter Pigeon just lost his appeal for me. You know what I mean? I think so. So, now you can go home. Home? I'll stay with Stevie. Thanks very much, Father. Uh, Henry, as long as you're missing the picture, maybe the only fair thing for me to do is to see it myself. You, Father? Yes, and let you know how it all comes out. But you'll miss your bridge game with Aunt Harriet. I know. Good night, son. Uh... I'm sorry that your evening turned out as it did. Well, gee, why be sorry? I mean, oh boy, if Kathleen's going to jump at conclusions all her life, well, I'm I'm sure glad I found out while I'm still young. Yes? Sure. I can live without her. She doesn't own me. Not yet. Well, good night, Henry. Good night, Father. And if Stevie wants more music, you'd better find another song for him. Melancholy Baby's about shot. Come on, Stevie, I'll take you back to your room. Here we go. Boy, Stevie, you don't know how well off you are. No school, no babies to mind, no girls. Boy, when you grow up, Stevie, take my advice. Don't have anything to do with girls. Here. Now, go to sleep. She was. I wonder who's at the door. I'll be right back, Stevie. Hello. Hello. Do the Fergusons live here? Yeah. I'm Pearl. Pearl? My aunt sent me up here to sit with a baby. Your aunt? Yes, Miss Hotchkiss. Are you Henry? Yeah. Come on in. My aunt showed me your picture. She did? Yes. My, you've changed. I have? I should say. Well, I guess you can go now if you want to. Go? Didn't you want someone to take your place so you could go somewhere? Sure, but, gee, there's no place for me to go now. Oh. Well, I guess it was all a false alarm. You're not going, are you? Don't you think I should? Why, uh... Say, as long as you're here... Why don't we both sit with Stevie and split the fee? Well... May may I offer you a seat, Pearl? Why, thank you. Oh, gee whiz, I better see who else is at the door. All right. And uh, do you think we need all this light? Oh, boy. <laughs> it might disturb the baby. Kathleen! Hello, Henry. Kathleen, what are you doing here? Henry, can you ever forgive me? Forgive you? Yes, your mother called my folks and asked if they wouldn't like to join them in a game of casino at your house. And, Henry, I talked to her and she explained the whole thing. 
She did. Yes, so I came right over to apologize. That's fine, Kathleen. Only Henry, I'm just as ashamed of myself as I can be. The way I get jealous for no good reason. Oh, you've got good reason. I mean, I don't know you. No, but and I... Henry, we won't have to miss that Walter Pigeon picture after all. Mr. Harris got so interested, he's holding it over an extra day so he can see it himself. <laughs> well, that's fine, Kathleen. Only I and Henry, to show there's no hard feelings. I'm going to keep you company till the Fergusons get home. What? No, Kathleen. No. Well, Henry, I... aren't you going to let me in? Sure, sure. Only Kathleen. Yes, Henry. In connection with Pearl, could I explain one thing? Henry Aldrich, put up your dues. But Homer... Wearing out my track legs, doing your babysitting. Put them up, Henry. Homer, let's try to act like sensible human beings. Put them up, I say. Homer, can't we see eye to eye on the situation? Oh, no. The Aldrich Family, starring Ezra Stone as Henry with Jackie Kelk as Homer, is written by Norman Tokar and Ed Juris, with music by Jack Miller. Mr. and Mrs. Aldrich are House Jameson and Catherine Roth. And this is Dan Seymour in New York saying, The Aldrich Family is brought to you by the Jell-O Family. Listen again next Thursday, same time, same station, to another sparkling half hour with the Aldrich Family. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. And that's the Aldrich family from October 21st, 1948. Babysitting or movie starring Ezra Stone, also in the cast, Jackie Kelk, House Jameson, and Catherine Rott, with Dan Seymour announcing, sponsored by J E L L O, is heard on NBC. Let's take a break. When we come back, it's Boston Blackie. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. I want to remind all of our listeners that we have a terrific magazine that is the main sponsor of this radio program called Remind Magazine. Now, Remind Magazine is a 50-plus page magazine, full color. It's amazing. It's all about what we like, uh, nostalgia, radio nostalgia, TV nostalgia, movie nostalgia, and uh, it has all kinds of crossword puzzles and games and articles. And we also have our full schedule in here, Lisa, right? Uh, our Hollywood 360 schedule is in here. And I always write an article. My uh, my column is called Radio 360. And I hope that all of our listeners will check it out. Now, the best way to get a subscription of Remind Magazine is by going to the Remind Magazine website at remindmagazine.com. That's remindmagazine.com. But you can pick up a copy at any Barnes & Noble or Walmart stores across the country. But really, as I say, the best way to get this magazine, because you save about 60% off the newsstand price, if you go to their website, remindmagazine.com. I promise you folks, you will just love it. Remindmagazine.com. Check it out. Okay, it's time for Boston Blackie. This was a fictional amateur detective created by Jack Boyle. Now, Boston Blackie was a criminal, Lisa. He was a safe cracker and a master thief. 
But he was caught, he was put in jail, and in jail he was rehabilitated, and he decided to use his knowledge of the underworld to fight crime. Um, let's tune this in now. July 30th, 1947. This is called the Harry Johnson Murder Case. It stars Dick Kalmar in part one of Boston Blackie. Carter. Yeah? I feel a hunk of poetry coming on. Well, let it go right by, will you, Joe? Oh, I can't. I got poetry in my soul, I guess. Oh. Get this, Carter. Here I lie on a rooftop high, waiting till I see a guy. Come out of City Hall across the street, and then I'll plug him nice and neat. <laughs> it smells. How do you want it? With music? Yeah, loud music. Loud enough to drown it out. <laughs> Sure wishes honor and company would trace out of City Hall, though. Getting sore elbows lying up here on this roof. Oh, they'll be out pretty soon. All of them will. That meeting in the mayor's office was supposed to be over at noon. It's a quarter after already. Got your rifle set? And ready. You? My fingers itchier than poison ivy. <laughs> oh, Carter. I feel a hunk of poetry coming out. I think this is the last job we'll do together. Now shut up, will you? A rooftop is no place for poetry. It's a nice place for a sunbath, though, huh? What? I like to lie in the blazing sun. Until on one side, I am done. What? And then I flip on my other side and tan the rest of my little hide. Oh, brother, somebody (laughs) should have tanned your hide a long time ago. Your stuff gets worse every time. Well, how do you want it? With a choir? Yeah, a choir. A choir of angels hoisting you into heaven. Oh, God. Now, check the side of that rifle. All right. Never used one of these telescopic jobs before. Uh, listen, I'll be able to ping this guy with my eyes closed. Hey, Carter. Yes? It's the mayor. Yeah. Got guys with him, too. Easy. Wait till our man's in the clear. They're bunched up like a clump of grapes. Wait, wait. What for? A cinch from here. Wait, I said. Hey, they're splitting up at the bottom of the steps. Only one guy near him. Wait. Wait. Now. And that's the first portion of Boston Blackie. More after these words. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Now let's get back to Boston Blackie. Hello, Williams. Had a little shooting here, huh? A big one, Inspector. It's Mayor Rogers. Mayor Rogers? Is he dead? One bullet in the heart, one through the head, Inspector. The mayor. Nobody told me it was the mayor. This is all I need. Hey, move away. Yeah, move away. Get High caliber bullets, too. Keep everybody back. Clear the sidewalk if they don't stay back. Uh, Williams. Williams, any witnesses? Yes, sir. There were several men with him when he got it, but no one knows where the shots came from. No one even heard him. Yeah, that's not good. How was he standing when he was hit? The men with him all agree he had his back to the street. Uh Uh-huh. He's hit in the back of the head. I can see from the wounds the bullets entered in a downward direction. Williams, those shots came from the roof of that building across the street. Well, no one knows where they came from. I do. 
Uh, we're going to get to the bottom of this by getting to the top of that building. Uh, anyhow, Boston Blackie would say it that way. Probably. Oh, Blackie's really going to burn at this. This is one time I figured something out before he's even shown up at the scene of the crime. Mary, I told you if we came up to the roof of this building, we'd find where those shots were fired from. Here are two exploded rifle shells. Well, I don't know how you knew it, Blackie. I saw the commotion and everything in front of City Hall at the same time that you but did. But, Mary, did you see anyone running away or hear anyone yelling, stop? No, no, I didn't. Well, that's how I knew the shots came from up here. They certainly couldn't come from any of the offices in this building. They didn't come from the street. They didn't come from City Hall because no one is going to use a rifle to shoot a man in the back from so short a distance. Well, all right, but I still don't see why you chose this rooftop. There are other buildings in the block. This is the only one with a clear view of the steps and doors into City Hall, obviously. Oh, man. Oh, okay, I'll guarantee you'll find proof of our shots for fire from our... Blackie, it's Inspector Faraday. I heard. Hello, Faraday. Uh, Blackie. Beat it. The short way. Jump off the roof. I'm sorry, Faraday. I do it for you, but I have Mary. Now, use her for ballast. Now, beat it. I don't want you annoying me as usual. Annoying? Well, how can you say that? How can I... I'm admiring the view of the city. Of course, I've also figured that this is the place from which Mayor Rogers was shot. So you figure that, too? Of course. Mayor Rogers was shot from up here. Here are two exploded rifle shells, thirty caliber. I'm surprised you're here, but congratulations, you're almost as smart as I am. You're smart, huh? Just because you know those shots came from up here. Well, what help is that? Doesn't prove who murdered Rogers, so why? Find out why someone would want to kill the mayor, and you'll have the someone who killed him, Faraday. And if you need any help, call on someone like me. Hello? Hello? Hello, Johnson. Harry Johnson. This is Johnson speaking. Well, this is Martin. Frank Smart. Oh, yeah. Yes, your favorite business rival. Uh, you were with the mayor when he was shot, weren't you? Yes. Well, I just thought I'd, uh, well, call up and tell you things are going to be different. Not different. Are they? You ought to know they are. Times have changed. I don't think so. You're hard to convince, aren't you, Jones? Maybe. I've got a little logic some friends of mine are arranging that you're going to find very easy to understand and very hard to argue against. Harry, I wish you'd let me fix you something to eat. You didn't touch your dinner. I'm sorry, Anne. I can't think of eating. I keep seeing Mayor Rogers being shot down not two feet away from me. And that phone call I got from Rex Martin today... I know, I... darling. I, I know you're terribly upset about the mayor, but... But think, darling. It might have been you. I almost wish it had been. Oh, maybe it's, it's the weather that's making you so depressed. It's cleared now, but we practically had a cloudburst until an hour ago, and... You know how low you get when it rains. Don't look for excuses for me, darling. I'll be all right if I... Oh, will you answer the door, dear, please? I'm going out in the backyard a minute. All right. I hope this isn't company, Anne. I just couldn't face anyone tonight. If it's company, I'll be back to see to it that they won't stay long. Thanks. Yes? Are you Harry Johnson? Yes. Well, uh, we got something for you, Johnson. What? A present? How do you want it? With mustard and pick a lily? Oh. 
Mrs. Johnson, where were you when your husband went to this door? Oh, I'd just gone out in the backyard, Inspector Faraday. Out in the yard? Uh, Doing what? I went to see if the wash was dry. I see. Uh, Did you... Oh, Inspector Faraday. Yes, Sergeant. I just talked to the man from next door. He didn't see anyone around at the time of the shooting, sir. That's fine. Nobody saw anything or anyone. Mrs. Johnson here claims she was out in the backyard. Yes, I was. That's right, she was, Inspector. The man next door says he saw her out there at the time he heard shots. Thanks, Sergeant. Yes, sir. Well, Mrs. Johnson, that bears out your story. Sorry I had to question you. That's quite all right, Inspector. I I understand everything. Mm. Well, if you do, you're the only one around here who does. There's the city recorder's office at the end of the hall, Mary. Uh Blackie, I hope you find what you're looking for. I think I will. Mayor Rogers was obviously shot by accident by the same person who later shot Johnson. That's why the bullet hit the mayor in the back of the head. He probably walked over to Johnson just as the gunman fired. But why was anyone gunning for Johnson? Because he was going to get a contract someone else wanted. If you know what you're talking about, and you usually do. I'm sure I know what I'm talking about this time, Mary. Well, here we are. Okay. Place looks empty. There's a guy in the back of the room there. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to find out all about a man named Rex Martin. I know he was Johnson's business rival. Blackie, if Rex Martin was in line for a big contract that you think Mr. Johnson was going to get, you're not going to be very happy. Johnson was going to get the contract all right, and Martin may have wanted to stop him. Oh, you, uh, may I see you for a minute? Sure. What can I do for you? I want to find out something about a contract. Sorry, mister, I'm not... Uh, This is important. I think it has some bearing on the Johnson murder case. I can't help you, mister. Look, all I want to do is to see the last city contract. That's private city business, mister, and none of yours. Look, son, there's no such thing as private city business. Rex Martin wanted that big contract, but Johnson was getting it, wasn't he? I'm not going to talk, mister. Um, maybe you don't understand. I'm Boston Blackie. Blackie? Well, why didn't you say so? Hello? Hello, Carter. This is Joe. Oh, yeah, Joe. Did you get the money? Part of it. And, uh, Carter, I feel a hunk of poetry coming on. Never mind the poetry. Come on up here with that dough, will you? Okay, I'll be right up. Uh, nobody's around. What difference does it make if anybody's around? Nobody saw us get the mayor. Nobody saw us kill Johnson. We don't have anything to worry about. You sure? Positive. The cops got the only worries. Oh, boy. I gotta laugh. <laughs> yeah. The cops have the answer to everything right under their noses. But they'll never know it's there. Yeah, that's right. You know something, Joe? What? I feel so good, I could even listen to some of your lousy poetry. Okay, then listen. Yeah? Whenever I think of the racket we're in, I close my eyes and I just gotta grin. Yeah? Maybe we're nuts, but we sure have fun killing two birds for the price of one. <laughs> <laughs> Blackie, can't you find a better place to loaf than in my office? I'll beat it. Can't you understand? The mayor's been murdered. What's the matter with you, Faraday? Why don't you listen to me and pick up Rex Martin? He's the answer to this thing. What am I going to pick him up with? Radar? (laughs) He's out of town. He won't be back till tomorrow. And I don't have any reason to pick him up. What's he got to do with this? You get a look at the last city contract and you'll have a reason. I looked for it at the recorder's office. Couldn't find it. Eh? I'll bet anything that was going to Harry Johnson. 
And I know Martin's been trying for years to get a big city job. So when Johnson was due to get the contract, Martin had Johnson killed. Yeah, what about the mayor? Martin kill him too? Uh, Blackie, stop trying to confuse me. Faraday, the mayor was killed by mistake. Look, ask Mrs. Johnson if her husband wasn't set for a big contract. She doesn't know anything about anything. She was at home when her husband was killed, wasn't she? She was out in the backyard. A neighbor saw her. She went out to see if her wash was dry. She's no help, and neither are you. That's what you think. What? I'm going to see Rex Martin when he gets back to town tomorrow. And then this case will be closed as tight as your mind. From a rooftop, a gunman named Carter and his partner Joe shoot and kill Mayor Bob Rogers as he walks out of City Hall with friends. Later, the same two men murder Harry Johnson, who was with the mayor at the time of the assassination. So far, neither Boston Blackie nor the police have any clue to the identity of the killers or reason why Johnson was killed. The mayor, obviously, was murdered by accident. As we return to our story, Carter and his friend Joe are in their hideout. Come on, Joe, come on. Tell me how much you got for killing Johnson. Carter, I feel a hunk of poetry coming out. Never mind your poetry. How much did you get? I told you, a thousand deposit. I thought we were getting 15 grand. We got one. The rest later. I don't believe it, Joe. Now, wait a minute. Now, look, you're holding out of me. And so help me if you are. Now, take it easy, Carter. You can bust bones grabbing a guy like that. And the bones will be in your neck if I ever found out that you... Uh-uh. All right, let me go, stupid, and go answer the door. Take this up later. Anytime you like. Go on the door. Okay, okay. Hello, Mr. Carter. Oh, Mrs. Johnson. Come in. Thank you. Joe, take off your hat. There's a lady present. Yeah, yeah, I know the lady. You like the job we did on your husband, huh? It was quite satisfactory. How about the police, Mrs. Johnson? Have you had much trouble with them? None at all, Mr. Carter. They asked me a few questions, but outside of that, nothing. They can't possibly suspect. Well, I sure hope not, lady. If you get caught, we don't get the rest of our dough. You'll get the rest of your money as soon as my husband's insurance policy pays off. Oh, that's why we only got a thousand so far. When does the company pay, Mrs. Johnson? Well, it shouldn't take more than a few days. By the way, I heard arguing just before I came in. What's the matter? Oh, Carter here thinks I held out some of the advance you gave me. He claims it was only a thousand. I say it was more. It was two. Oh, two, huh? Now, now wait, Carter. Well, what do you know, Joe? Uh, Carter, I... Come here. Oh. <laughs> okay, Carter, it was two grand. I'll I'll give you your half. You can't blame a guy for trying, now can you? You're not going to be able to try oh, any longer, Carter. Carter, Joe, no fighting. Yeah, no We've fight. done beautifully so far. Everything's perfect. Let's not spoil it. I'd like to spoil that guy's kiss. Oh, no, no don't fight you two. That's a mistake. You made a slight error already. Killing a man? Yes. We made up for it, didn't we? Yes. Now, suppose you make up with Joe. The next mistake may not be so easy to correct. How much longer do I have to wait to see Mr. Martin, Miss, um, Miss Beautiful? Thank you, Blackie. And the name is Joanne. And the phone number? My husband doesn't like me to give it out. I'll just write that. Huh? Well, that's different. And may I use this telephone here to make a call while I'm waiting for Mr. Martin? Of course. There's one on the desk there. I'll give you an outside line. Thank you, uh, Mrs. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. How long have you worked for Rex Martin? About a year. Lucky Martin. <laughs> Faraday speaking. Hello, Faraday, old pal. This is Blackie. Don't old pal me. Okay, old pal, I won't. 
Instead, our old pal, Rex Martin. Rex Martin? Why don't you leave him alone? Faraday, I've told you. I know just why Johnson was killed, and Rex Martin is it. Sure. Trella. And I'm the queen of the May. Well, look, Queenie. Johnson was killed by someone working for Rex Martin because Martin wanted a city contract that Johnson got, always going to get. I told you that, and now I'll prove it. Oh, Blackie, Mr. Martin will see you now. Uh, thanks, Joanne. Call you back in five minutes, Faraday. Yeah. Because I'll prove Johnson took a contract away from Martin and sew up your case for you when it won't take longer than that. This way, Blackie. Thank you. Mr. Martin, Mr. Boston Blackie. Come in, Blackie. That'll be all, Joanne. Yes, sir. Sit down, Blackie. No, thanks. I'd rather stand. Martin, uh, are you in the habit of killing all your business rivals? What? What did you say? You heard what I said. <laughs> yes, I did. But I'm afraid you're in the wrong office. Or am I? You're the head of the wrong company, Martin. The company that didn't get a big city contract it wanted. Am I? You know you are. Johnson's company got it, or was about to get it. That's why you had it killed. I checked at City Hall and found out you and Johnson were bidding for the same job. That's right. We were. And Johnson got it. So you sent a gunman or two to give him something else while you were out of town. You base your assumptions on that contract, do you, Blackie? Certainly. With him out of the way, the contract would be yours. I see. Blackie, take a look at this. Hmm? Here's the contract Johnson and I were bidding for. And I got it. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Two days ago, the day before he was killed. The shop I want is in the next block, Blackie. Yes, Mary, I know. You're really upset about this case, aren't you? The case is upset, too. Something funny about this somewhere. I don't know what it is. Martin's not the man I want. Maybe your reasoning's been all wrong. Maybe. I know it's been all wrong. Well, here's your shop. Thanks. Pick me up later? Mm-hmm. When? Oh, in about, uh, about an hour. I don't take as long to pick out a hat as you think. A hat again? Yes. What's wrong with the bonnet you bought the day Johnson was shot? I didn't buy one that day. It was raining cats and dogs. Remember? Oh, yes, of course. Well, I'll be... Mary, I've got it. You've just solved this case. I have. It wasn't only raining cats and dogs that day. It was raining clues. And I've been all wet for not figuring what happened till now. Yes. Are you Mrs. Harry Johnson? Yes, I am. I'm Walter Keith from the National Insurance Company. Oh, yes. Come in. Thank you. Well, I've been expecting you. I imagine you have. I, uh, I hope I haven't called too soon after your husband's unfortunate death. Oh, no. It, it's quite all right. I know these things have to be taken care of right away. Yes, yes, they do. But, uh, sometimes there are rather long delays. Long delays? What for? Red tape, Mrs. Johnson. I'm afraid it'll be six months before you receive the benefits of your husband's policy. Six months? I won't stand for that. I'm sorry, Mrs. Johnson. But the company wants to investigate a little bit. There's nothing I can do about it. Well, I'll do something about it. Six months, Mrs. Johnson. And there may be a further delay beyond that. I'm sorry, Mrs. Johnson, but that's the case. Oh, no, it's not. I've been told to advise you that it is. Goodbye. Six months? Six months. Oh, I'd better call. Oh, what's the matter with this phone? That's funny. It's dead. Operator. 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 
Mary, this is Blackie. Oh, hello, Blackie. Well, how did Mrs. Johnson take the news about her insurance? <laughs> the same way she took a dose of medicine. She didn't know me, I'm sure of that. I mean, I hope my plan works. Oh, certainly a long shot, Blackie. But it's worth a try. She had to come into the store to use the phone any minute now. I hope so. I think she'll be here. She hired someone to kill her husband. She probably has to collect her insurance to make the payoff. So she'll have to report what I told her, that the payoff will be delayed. Maybe yes, maybe no. Well, there's no maybe about her using the phone at her house. I cut the wires before I went in, and she wouldn't dare use a neighbor's phone to call a killer. This is the nearest phone, and I'm... Oh, here she comes now, Mary. In fact, she's going to the booth next to mine. It's the only other one. I'll call you back later. You mean much later, too, I know. Well, I hope you hear what you want to hear. Well, if she's making the call, I think... I think Faraday and I will be making a call ourselves. Carter, I feel a hunk of poetry coming on. Oh, save it, will you, Joe? Keep packing. I'm packing. Gotta get out of here fast. Uh, Carter, I don't think the dame's double-crossing us. Maybe she can't get the insurance, though, for six months. Well, if she can't, it's because the case is going to be investigated. We're not going to be around when it is. Ah, you Come on, let's go out of here. Uh-oh. See who it is. Okay. But don't open that door too much. You think I'm a dope? Hey, okay, you open the door all the way. They're coming in. Carter, I think it's cops. Shut up, Blackie. I'm shoving Carter. Carter, help me. Oh, no, I'm getting out of here. Not without me, you would. Stand right where you are. I think we'll have to convince him with a little noise, Party. Okay. Okay. I know you'll take better aim on the next shot. Until we quit. Smart boy. Well, Faraday, are you two killers? Glad to see you. Well, Carter, I think these guys are suffering from a case of mistaken identity. Oh, shut up, Joe. The mistake is all yours, Carter. Yours too, Joe. Mrs. Johnson talked. Oh, yeah? You know you shot and killed Mayor Rogers and Mrs. Johnson's husband. So come on. I'm through with this case. And you're through for good. Rain, rain, go away. Little Mary wants to go out and buy a new hat. Mm, I hate rain. <laughs> you hate it. Imagine what Mrs. Johnson thinks of it. Blackie, how long did it take her before she confessed? Oh, not long. As soon as I told her she couldn't have gone out in the yard to see if the wash was dry because it had just stopped raining. Well, that broke her down. All she wanted to do was have an alibi for the time that her two hired killers shot her husband. And when her neighbor saw her in the yard at the time the shots were fired, she was in the clear. She thought. How did you find the two killers, Blackie? You never told me. Well, it was Mrs. Johnson's phone call to Carter that led me to them. When I heard the number she called, Faraday took it from there. From the phone number, Faraday got the address, oh. and it was an easy... <laughs> you think that that was a stroke of genius, don't you? Oh, the stroke of genius was the idea to cut the wires to her phone at home. Oh. I had to force her to call Carter from a phone where I could hear her talking. Well, it really wasn't such a clever stunt. No, I wouldn't brag about that. Well, I want to do a little bragging. I gave you the hint about the rain when I didn't buy my hat the day of the murder. <laughs> yes, you did, Mary. You know, one of the characters in this case had a yen for poetry. You know how he'd sum up this case? How? It rained, and so you got no hat. That's true, and there's no bosh. Yes. But the rain broke down an alibi... It all came out in the wash. Oh, oh Blackie. (laughs) 
And that's Boston Blackie from July 30th, 1947, with a Harry Johnson murder case starring Dick Calmer, also in the cast, Leslie Woods and Maurice Tarplin, that was syndicated and heard on the Mutual Broadcasting System. Let's take a break, then it's more on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, this is Carl Amari. These classic radio shows are direct from master recordings and digitally remastered. It's very important to me to offer you the best sound quality. We license these classic radio shows from the owners and estates for the privilege of using their master recordings as our source material so that we can pass that great sound quality on to you. Oh, you can find classic radio shows sold on the Internet from companies that are not authorized to sell them, but you'll often be disappointed by the inferior sound quality. If you enjoy listening to and collecting great sound quality classic radio shows, we've set up a website just for you at ClassicRadioStore.com so you can enjoy them anytime, anywhere. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com to download your favorites to your smartphone, computer, or any listening device. We offer thousands of digitally remastered classic radio shows, uncut and unedited, including the original commercials, delivered to you instantly via digital download. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com and start collecting all your favorites in brilliant sound quality. That's ClassicRadioStore.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next time, it's the Damon Runyon Theater from 1950. Then part one of Our Miss Brooks starring Eve Arden from 1949. That's next time right here on Hollywood 360. We'll see you then.